Praise God. This weekend is going to be a great weekend. Um, I'm, I'm just going to leave it up to you. I'm going to just leave it up to you. I'll leave it up to families. When we, um, after this week coming weekend, when we begin to, the two weeks approaching up to the revival with Brother Jordan, I would like every family, mom and dad, all those that are able to participate, willing to, um, to take a day of fasting each week. So husband and wife, each take one day, just pick your day. Uh, normally we try to cover it all. I don't think that'll be necessary, but I want us to prepare our spirit for what the Lord's going to do the weekend that Brother Jordan is here those last three days of the month of January. And uh, it's going to be powerful. It's gonna, God's going to do some deep stuff in us. And um, the Lord, I believe, is going to speak very clearly. And uh, I'm really excited. Praise God. Jude. Beginning with verse number one, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation... It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Praise God. Thanks, baby. I'll just be a minute. Uh... I heard a segment one time. I, I don't know if this is something that's ongoing, and I know this is carnal, but uh, it really it really fits. Um, I heard a segment. I don't know if it was on some sports newscast or something. They were getting ready for a, a particular season of some I don't know what some sports season. I can't remember. And they were talking about trying to discuss who was going to be the good teams and who wasn't going to be good that season. It was at the very beginning, and the segment was called Contender. Or pretender. I'm not sure if that's something that's on. It may be something they do before every season. I'm not sure. But really that's what encapsulates what is spoken of in Jude here. And so for the sake of a title for the next couple of minutes. Um, contender or Pretender. The Bible tells us that there are both in the church. He tells uh, Jude, he says, uh, commands him, I exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. 
if you think that you're going to make it all the way to heaven without having to contend for the faith, you're mistaken. Maybe the Lord just wants to remind us here tonight of a couple of things. And uh, we'll close up shop. God's already done some powerful stuff in this house tonight. Uh, so I'm not just trying to drag things out for the sake of dragging something out. Um, there are certain things that are never conquered in your life. <clears throat> Holiness is never conquered. It has to be contended for. It has to be fought for. In your, in your own life, now, uh, here in, in Jude, he's talking about the faith, the doctrine, the salvation. Uh, salvation doctrine, which includes holiness. Holiness is not an, an elective. Holiness is doctrine. It is what God is. But all the things that encapsulate who we are as God's people, they have got to be contended for. They've got to be contended for because the adversary is constantly doing everything he can to pick away at any little bit that he can get because he hates truth. The enemy of our soul hates the word of God. He will use people. He will use circumstances. Did you know that God or that the, that the enemy, Satan, will send people into your life that are nothing more than a distraction, that are nothing more than somebody that's going to that's gonna get you to fall into sin, that's somebody that's going to influence you in the wrong direction. It, they, those people really do exist. Everybody is a conduit to a spirit. Whether it's the spirit of God or it is an evil spirit. Everybody is channeling something. We are body, soul, and spirit. What we see and feel and hear and taste and touch and smell, we are very limited in this dimension. But the spirit, the spirit world is more real than the world that we see with our eyes and, and our five senses. And... The spirit world senses and knows who has the call of God on their life. The spirit world knows when you, when you uh, have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Enemy knows who you are. And it is, it is relentless. Satan even fights against people that don't walk in full truth. I was thinking about this a, a day or two ago. He will even fight against people who just even really kind of have a form of godliness because Satan hates anything to do with the Word of God. People that may be living their life and they, they, they claim to be Christian, but they do not walk in full truth. Uh, Satan still hates their soul. He hates anybody who in, in any way, shape, or form will cling to the Word of God. And he will try to discredit them. That's why, you know, in the, in the environment that's so hostile, 
people that, uh, you know, you've, you've probably seen videos, and I have too, of, of like Antifa attack. I just saw a video of, you've probably seen it was a group of Christians in Portland. And, uh, and a group of Antifa attacked them, smoked grenades, and, and, and some people were harmed or whatever. And from everything I can see and, and tell, this particular group of Christians are not a group of Christians that walk in full truth. But Satan still hates anybody that, that in any way, shape, or form clings to the Word of God. Uh, so he attacks, he attacks, he attacks. And um, living for God and, and living victoriously for God, you're going to have to contend for your own faith. Yeah. You're going to have to. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for you uh, to say, I, I miss church tonight and it's not a big deal, or I can I not be engaged in prayer and it's not a big deal. I'm telling you, down to the smallest, to the things that we call the smallest issues, down to the, the, the micro issues, you've got to fight for everything. You've got to contend for the faith. Everything that God gave to you, you're going to have to contend for your own prayer life because your flesh and your schedule and other people and, 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 and whatever is going to find a reason to steal that time from you. But you're going to have to contend for the faith. And uh, the word of God, salvation, doctrine, the things of God that matter, all of the 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 uh, the Word of God and 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 doctrine and the lifestyle of living for God, everything that encompasses who we are, you're going to have to contend for it. There's going to be a time where there is a confrontation somewhere. You're going to have to tell somebody no. And somebody, yes. It will come. Jesus didn't, didn't shy away from the fact that he said, I've, I've come to bring a, a to d- division between father-in-law and daughter-in-law. I've come to bring, I've not come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. That sword was a sword of division. It was a sword of division. You know, you know how, you know how uh, God gets unity? In the Bible, he doesn't get unity the way we try to get unity. We we try to bring everybody and say, "Hey, hey, everybody, let's all just come together. Let's all love each other." We do love each other, but if you look at the pattern of the Word of God, when when God was trying to get unity in His people in at around Mount Sinai, He said, "Who's on the Lord's side? Let's find out who stands where." Are you on the Lord's side? And then, then they divided. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And then, and then the Lord went, boom. And said, now we've got unity. That's how God does it. Man, I didn't tend to get on this. You're going to have to contend for the faith. There's, there are people in your life that you would rather there not be confrontation but sorry, sorry, not sorry. 
everybody's going to have to make a decision whether or not you're going to contend for the faith. You have been given something precious. You have been given something valuable. And Satan wants to steal it from you. Satan wants to do, he'll, he'll, if, if you'll give him the, little bis, the, the littlest amount, he'll take it. Because he hates truth. He hates the word of God. He hates his future and he hates you. And he wants to steal everything that he can. Because he knows that his time is short. There's no amount of the truth that you possess that Satan does not want. Now, I wonder if we could flip the script on that and get the same hunger for truth from the Word of God that Satan has to steal it from you. Satan knows just how valuable truth is. He knows how valuable doctrine is. He knows how valuable holiness is. He knows how valuable the Word of God is. He knows it's so valuable that if if you will give up just the smallest amount, he'll take that. It's a big deal to him. What you consider a small deal is a big deal to Satan. He'll take it. He'll say, thanks. I'll take everything I can get. But we as God's people have got to contend for the faith. If, if it's not contended for, whatever is not, whatever is not contended for in your life, it'll disappear. Whatever you stop talking about, stop regarding as an issue, it'll disappear. If you stop fighting for that which is worth fighting for, it'll disappear. It'll no longer be there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud, and all, everybody say all. 30% say all. (laughs) Thank you. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, And did all eat the same spiritual drink? And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, I've read this no matter, uh, countless times. But look at this. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Right here, now I didn't, I I try not to do this um, because maybe my tone of voice, the way I communicate, I don't want to ever be tacky. But this right here busts the, uh, the doctrine of once saved, always saved, just right out of the water. Because what he's saying here is everybody that came out of Egypt, they, they all came through the Red Sea. They all drank the same spiritual drink. 
ate the same spiritual meat. They, all, they were all, there wasn't some of them. It was all of them. They were all on the same page. But then some of them, God was not well pleased and they were overthrown in the wilderness. So some of the same people that God brought them through the Red Sea. He brings them all the way out of Egypt, same people. He says, nope. You have displeased me. And here's why. Now these things, verse number six, now these things were our examples. These, this, what he's saying is I'm taking this story from the book of Exodus and we are applying it to the new covenant, to living for God today. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. God saves them. He brings them out of Egypt through the Red Sea. But there was something waiting on them in the wilderness that caused them to be overthrown. It was not God's original intent. He wanted to save them. But there was something there in the wilderness that got a hold of them that stole their future and wound up dividing them from God's people and they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, there's a connection between 1 Corinthians 10 and Jude, our, our reading in Jude, because the last verse, uh, verse number 5 of Jude says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. When they walked through the Red Sea, when they, when they were baptized in the cloud and in the sea, that is salvation. So they were saved momentarily at least the 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 old testament version of the new birth process was complete in their life but then something crept in and overthrew them god's grace is is sufficient god's grace is greater than all of our sin but we have done i believe what Paul admonished us not to do. I say we as in the, 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 the Pentecost, the apostolic church. Anybody that is a believer is continuing sin that grace may abound, thinking that because I've experienced grace, grace is here to stay. And I can live how I want to live. God's grace is there for us. When we are pursuing him. But there came a cutoff point in the lives of these people. That 
there was something so much deeper going on. Jude, uh, uh, verse number four, I believe. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not sure exactly what was going on during this time period, but something was happening. He wasn't talking about people on the outside. He was talking about people that had crept into the inside. That they perverted the gospel, that they were, they were false teachers, that that who they were was not who they were saying they were. They were pretending to be something that they were not. And it's, and it's this uh, invasion that caused him to, to write to them and say, you're going to have to contend for the faith. There's, there's, going, to be, there's going to be people that, that creep in unawares, that they, they've taken the grace of our God and turned it into lasciviousness, turned it into fleshly gratifying things, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we're going to have to look out for in the last days. We're going to have to contend for the faith. Now, Contending for the faith is not the same thing as contentiousness. We can tend to think that they would be linked, but the Bible does not have them linked. As a matter of fact, the Bible has them separated and on opposite sides. Uh, the, the, the Bible tells us that the contentious ones are the ones that do not want to obey the word of God it says Romans chapter two and verse number eight, but unto them that are contentious. And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. It is, it is the voice, it is the contentiousness or the contention arises when somebody refuses to hear the word of God and begins to make an issue out of it. In the life of a believer, we are, we, are, we are people who want to obey the word of God and everything he has for us. That, that, that is contending for the faith, is living in obedience to the word of God. But the contentiousness is not the same as contending. It doesn't mean I'm being contentious. The Bible says the contentious ones are the ones that do not obey the truth. There is a link in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse number 7. This is, this is the 25-minute version. So, King Ahab sees the prophet Elijah coming. And he looks at the prophet Elijah and says, Are you the one that troubles Israel? Do we got that? Do we have 1 Kings 18 and 17? It says, And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Here's the spirit of contentiousness. 
is when the prophet comes, the man that was partly responsible, or because he was the husband, he was fully responsible for allowing high places to be built up, for idols to be worshipped, for immorality and, and everything that came along with the worship of Baal to come into the land. Ahab looks at the man of God and says, you're the problem. You're the one that's troubling Israel. When there, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When there is a word from God and there is instruction from the word of God, that is not contentiousness. That is instruction. The contentiousness is coming from a spirit of Ahab that says, you're the one that's stirring up trouble here. It was fine until you got here and started wrecking our little party. And it likes to turn things on the people of God. It likes to turn things on the man of God. It likes to turn things on the authority of the word of God. You got to beware. If you'll listen long enough, the voice will tell you where it came from. You're going to have to contend for the faith. There's going to be somebody somewhere that resists you. There's going to be somebody somewhere, some situation that makes you make a decision. You're going to tell somebody no, and you're going to tell somebody yes. And the person you tell no, you're going to have to settle it in your spirit. They're not going to like the no. But what are you going to contend for? Are you going to tell God no? Are you going to tell his word no just to, just to temporarily make somebody happy and, and temporarily uh, they, they, they may temporarily like you? you got to make up your mind. You're going to have to contend for the faith. We're going to have to be in the word of God. We're going to have to know the word of God. We're going to have to be in the prayer room and know the spirit of God. Stand with me tonight. I've made this, this I've made this, uh, I've made this, uh, illustration before and I know you've heard it and it's probably been overdone but I worked at the bank and I and I got used to feeling the real money and when counterfeits came through you pick it up real fast because you spend so much time with the real thing in your hand when you spend time praying in the Holy Ghost and you know what his spirit feels like when there's another spirit that starts talking you pick up on it Ooh, I don't know exactly what's going on here but something's just not right Maybe in the feel of that cash, or maybe what it may feel right, but then the, the printing may be just, well, that's something that doesn't look right. That doesn't feel right. Contend. Praise God. Let's love the Lord tonight one more time. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done in this house tonight. We thank you for your spirit here. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we're going to contend for the faith in this last day, in this last hour. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Can we lift up our hands to the Lord and love him and lift our voice to him right now? Hallelujah. Lord, continue to do what you're doing in this congregation. Lord, continue to do in me what you're doing in me. Lord, I pray your, I pray your plan would be perfected in every family. Lord, that, that, that is hungry for a move of God. Lord, I pray that you begin to perfect it this weekend. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would speak rhema words into our spirit. Lord, I lose revival in this place on Sunday morning and Sunday night in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, in Jesus' name, every small group meeting that's about to meet tomorrow night and Thursday night. Lord, we loose a powerful anointing into every living room, upon every small group leader, upon every host, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we loose a spirit of evangelism and ministry in the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now and give him praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you tonight. You can be dismissed.